Welcome to Cornerstone West LA's Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott and Pastor Brian and Matt are with me. Hello. Hey. This we're coming to you from week two. It's hard to keep count anymore. Week seventeen. What? From what? From <laughs> what's our marker? Um, I, I the stay at home for thing? me. The, for me, the NBA. Our, for me, well, I, it was it was the <laughs> NBA because that was the that was the week. It was the Thursday that we decided that coming Sunday we couldn't meet together. That would be March twelfth, and that would be so that's two, two weeks, weeks ago. From yeah. All right, tomorrow. like two weeks from, from tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. And then this will be released. The announcement next would have been week, tonight, so it'll be like two weeks, three weeks ago. Okay. But we're here. We're here. And uh, six feet away from each other. Maybe more. It that's feels right. like it's been about two years. <laughs> and I'm sure it has for most of most of you as well. I uh, this week on, on the Pastors Podcast, in light of the sermon series we're doing on knowing God, uh, on taking time to set our minds and our, and our hearts on who he is and instead of the the things that we don't know in our situation the the reality and the truth of who he is we wanted to take some time in our podcast today to to talk a little bit about how we relate to god in the midst of a situation like this and and actually i, I think for a lot of us the difficulty of the situation is the the fact that it's a crisis but I think also, especially in these earlier days, in that sense, or at least the way it, it feels, I think probably the most significant change for the vast majority of people listening is the fact that their routine has just been blown up, right? Like whatever their normal routine, their normal way of doing things was, like it's it, it's gone. <laughs> and And every day has seemed like just trying to find their feet in the midst of a new normal. And I actually think that... That is a time that is particularly difficult uh, when it comes to spending time with God, right? When it comes to spending time in prayer, uh, talking to him, relating to him, um, and maybe even more significantly, spending time in his word, digging in. I, I think when we're outside of our routines, oftentimes that's something that, that kind of falls away. And so I wanted to take some time today to just talk a little bit about how we can engage with God um, uniquely and, and even deeply in times when we are outside of our of our normal routines, hopefully in a way that 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 helps and encourages you as you seek to relate to God. So the the first question I I have for you guys, maybe just to kick us off, is maybe just personal and maybe share a little bit of your story. How, how has the change of the past couple of weeks affected your time with God? Like how how has it looked different for you? Because um, I'm assuming it's looked different for for most of us. Poorly, <laughs> poorly generally. Yeah, it's same. Uh, I I think I, I maybe one of the things I would say even in the first couple of weeks in this um, uh, sort of situation, I don't think I realized how dependent I was on rhythms of life to keep certain things like that in place, mm. and how how difficult it actually is to create new rhythms on the fly quickly. Mm. I think that has been probably the hardest thing is like, okay, the feeling of this never ending, uh, uh, indefinite amount of time of uncertainty. And it's like, wake up. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Like it it feels like chaotic and like, like just drifting at sea in some ways. So I would say for me, it's been really hard to, to fight, to establish new rhythms. And I would also say, by the way, for, for all of us, I think in general, 
in normal life, it's hard to fight for those rhythms, let alone when all of the normalcy of life has been disrupted. It's been it's been really difficult. I would say for me, it's been really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's almost uh, exactly the same for mm-hmm. me. You, you, you upend uh, normal and it becomes really hard to not just to find the time, though that's that is an issue, um, but to know where to put it. To feel like you you're mentally there when when you get it, like, I, there's just so many ways that you don't realize how important those routines are, or just kind of a sense of I know the layout of my day in my life. I have something that feels normal today. Mm-hmm. Um, how important that is to finding that time, even if it moves around on you, you're still inside of kind of a sense of normal, and that's that's just really difficult. I think well, I so I think that's absolutely true. The time, and I think what you said is really really compelling the mental energy because I think I feel my mental energy like just drawn towards thinking about the situation in the world and numbers and you know like thinking through what we need to do and taking care of the home and taking care of whatever and like the mental energy dedicated to like not be distracted and set my mind on God I think that's been especially hard well that's 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 really encouraging to hear because <laughs> because I, I wanted to I wanted to do this this podcast topic because I wanted you guys to help me <laughs> because I mean I, I feel the same way I think that there's been a a real um, difficulty in the midst of when things are are so different uh, to find the, those pockets of time. Now, in one sense, I feel like I've been praying more in like a every moment, every day kind of sure. stuff. And we're, we're going to talk about that as well. Um, but the, the focus time, mental energy is, is such a, a, a real and important thing to consider that I actually th- think that oftentimes, especially in our culture, that's very production oriented. Like we don't appreciate the cost of those things very much. Man, I, on Monday, I went to Costco Monday morning, like for opening. Like I, st- I stood in the line and I came home at like 11 o'clock and I, I felt like I'd done two days worth of work. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, okay, how long were you in line? <laughs> okay, so this is actually, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. I showed up at 8.30. Because that's a quiet time right there. That's true. Except that's true. you've got people around yeah, you. Did you evangelize and, and pray, and... Scott? <laughs> every, every, everyone, everyone was wearing like like six foot large uh hula hoop <laughs> but people are genuinely right. curious like in the midst of a very important topic also yeah. how long does it take to get into costco so i showed up at 8 30 and okay. it opened at nine and i stood in the longest line i have ever seen it went from one side of the parking lot to the other and up and down at least two different aisles of cars and i was inside by 9 15 or 9 20 so it opened at wow. nine and I was inside by nine fifteen or nine twenty. And I'll tell you what, by the time I was inside, once I was inside, it was like, it was less stressful than Ralph's. Because because they're limiting the number of people. Exactly. exactly. All the people that are outside normally would be in. Well, and, and, running, and I, I running think they their were, carts into you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they were kind of pacing it, but it you know, it uh it, it, it wasn't as bad, although there was one of their employees that was just walking through the line at like eight thirty, eight forty five, just yelling, No toilet paper. We do not have any toilet. If you are here for toilet paper, go home. <laughs> Did people just leave? Yeah. Did anyone oh, yeah. just get gonna- <laughs> No, totally. totally. It made, all of a sudden, the line's like Aww. inching up a little bit, you know, because people are like. Okay, but these are upset. the things. Like, yeah. like in, in a really weird way, these are the things that are new. You're navigating yeah. a new part of life. It, it's a couple hours, but mentally, it's a lot of time. And so you feel like you're done with that. And it's like a day's worth of, of energy ex- 
exhaustion. Yeah. So, I mean, why, it may be in addition to the cost, the mental energy cost, what, why is time with God more difficult when we're outside of our routines? Like, what, why, why do you think that's so I mean, there's so many reasons. Um, one is, Matt said it really well, we don't recognize the power of routines. Routines are almost at their best when they become invisible to us. And so they're like scaffolding kind of around our life, holding everything up. They're, they're guardrails kind of a, along the, the days that we live. And so you don't see, you don't typically look at the guardrails when you're driving, but you're glad that they're there. You don't look at the lines on the road, but you know what they mean. And so they become invisible to you, but when they're gone, all of a sudden it feels like chaos. And so a, a big piece of it is we don't know what our days look like. And we don't know what's coming next. We're still trying to get around whatever the, the new normal is for however long it is. And so you don't have those guardrails there to like keep you knowing where you're going. Did we you, don't have to think about it. Did you just – that is a great illustration. Imagine getting on the 405 and there's no yeah. li- no lines for lanes. That's kind of how life feels like. And, and, and no center divider. No center divider. No lines for lanes. It's just a wide open road. And that's kind of how life feels. That's a really That's good feels right now. Brian. Did yeah. you just make that up? I did just make. Did that Did you steal up. it from someone on a blog? I almost certainly did, but I don't remember. Okay, well, it, it counts as your idea then. <laughs> is that how that works? <laughs> tap tap, Brian. That's but a great illustration. I, well, but no, I think that the beauty is uh, to the illustration is that there's. It's not like the roads actually changed at all in their substance. The same right. with everyone. Kind of knows what's supposed to be happening, but you're just much more mentally engaged. It's much more exhausting. And so you can still find the same space, but it doesn't feel like it's as accessible to you or as available to you. And that's one of the big problems when your routine is disrupted. This is why when you go on vacation, you like have more time, but you might spend less time with God Mm. because you just don't have this sense of where things go when you're out of your normal. Absolutely. And I I would say connected to that, I think we uh, we have a thought that if we just had more time our relationship with God would automatically improve. Mm. And that's not how it works. Because for a lot of us right now, maybe we do have more time, quote unquote. Some of you, maybe not. Yeah. You know, I, I know I don't want to assume that everyone's in the same exact position. But some of you have a lot more time, and yet it's like a, this this layer of struggle to get there. And it, that makes it almost worse, right? Where you're like, now I have all this time. I'm supposed to be better. But it's still a struggle still a battle yeah and and i think actually one of the things that it does is that that something like this that that coming stepping out of our routines does is it 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 also i think reveals kind of what the nature of our relationship with god was like right like if it was only ever kind of like appointment television right like i just show up for this appointment that's what my relationship with god's like and then i kind of go do my own thing then when that appointment's gone when you miss that appointment then the whole relationship is kind of missing. Um, and, and, it, and in that way, I actually think that times like this, one of the ways God redeems, I think, suffering like this in our world and suffering like this in our lives, one of the ways he redeems is it, is it actually provides unique opportunities for us to um, see him more clearly, to remember what our relationship with him is actually supposed to be about, to, to maybe even provide opportunities to engage with him differently in ways that 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 remind us of his greatness and his grandeur and his beauty um that that maybe we didn't even have just two weeks ago so i 
I don't just want to talk about how this is hard. Like what, what are, what are some of the opportunities you think being out of your routine provides for people or maybe provides for you in the area of your relationship with God? I, I mean, for me, one of the things that has been really helpful and positive about this experience is I think it's exposed some things in kind of my own thinking about myself. Um, I was genuinely surprised at how much like, and I have been genuinely surprised at how much worry and anxiety is in my heart at this mm. moment. And I think it's revealing how much I rely on my own strength in my own abilities in the normal daily routines of life. And I think God has just been like chipping away at that in this season saying like, Hey, you, you're relying on your own strength. You're relying on your own um, ability in the midst of life rather than leaning on me and trusting in me in the midst of life. And this, crisis exposes that and so that's like a hard one because it's Mm. like a it's like a corrective and uh, challenging one but that's one of the areas that I I I know but I don't think I knew to this extent Mm. you know it's interesting because I think that 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 kind of correction can be maybe seen as like a negative not like an opportunity but but in light of the gospel any correction is, is actually, it's, it's a gracious correction. Like it's an invitation, right? It's a, it's a, clarif- it's a clarification from, from the God of the universe who wants us to see the world the way he's created it more accurately and wants to engage with us, you know, more deeply. I mean, because I, I, I feel something similar. I feel like one of the things that the Lord's really exposed to me just in the last couple of weeks is... I've been, I've been struck at by how helpless I feel. Mm. Like I just feel so helpless to actually do something that 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 matters. helps. Yeah. yeah, that matters. And and it exposes how helpful I thought I was. <laughs> right? Right. Um and 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 I think inappropriately so. I think and in that sense God's not only met me in my helplessness, but he's reminded me of the reality of my helplessness, right? And my, my need for him, my desperation. But to me that, that hasn't, I, I haven't experienced that as a, like a judgmental correction. Like I don't feel condemned. I don't, I don't feel like him saying like, like, of course you're helpless. Like you're human. Like, what did you think? Like, that's ridiculous. You know, like I, that's God's voice. That's God's ridiculous <laughs> voice. <laughs> um, that was in the, the, e- got the, it. the ESV yeah. audio Bible. Scott's <laughs> doing God's voice in the ESV audio Bible. No, but, but God, it's God. I, it's almost like God meets me there and says like, I, I know you're helpless and my heart breaks that you feel this way. And I like, I'm, it, 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 when I engage, when I do then open up scripture and see the reminders throughout, even the gospels of our, as humans, helplessness. Um, I, I was actually thinking of um, when he was, uh, when he was right before he fed the 5,000 uh, in John 6, Jesus told or asked the disciples, how are we going to feed all these people? And it says he, he did it to test them, right? Like he wanted to expose their helplessness, right? He wanted to expose them, like, to be like, ah, we're powerless here so that he might remind them, like, no, but do so gently. Like, yeah, I'm the one who's powerful. Like, I'm the one who you need. I'm the one who you need to come to. I'm the one who you need to ask. And I, and I feel like this opportunity of being outside of my routine and feeling helpless uh, has been an opportunity to, a, a sweet opportunity to be reminded again of 
the fact that even my relationship with him isn't based on the performance of my quiet times, but that he's there gently calling me back, uh, correcting, inviting me, me meeting in. you in the midst of your yeah, wherever needs. I'm at. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah we're, I think we're also deathly afraid of something being wrong with us or doing something wrong. I, you know, it's, we're so afraid of that, mm-hmm. that we don't, we typically don't realize that that's like the first step on the path to being yeah. closer to God. Yeah. And so in these times when you, when you just admit, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be, it, 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 our knee jerk reaction, our default reaction is just one of kind of fear. And, you know, if there's something wrong, <clears throat> that means there's something really wrong. Mm. When the actual answer is, if there's something wrong, that means you're, you know, God is moving you on the path towards more Christ likeness and mm. more grace and more unity with him and more vision of what the world is really like and what you're really like. And that, that's something that's just hard to get through. And so when your routines get upset um, or when you find yourself, you know, uh, trying to, to pray or realizing oh, I haven't opened my Bible and I've been thinking about it kind of, but I haven't, I've had more time, but I haven't done it. If you find yourself in those positions or I'm more afraid than I should be, or you're just dealing with very real things. It, it, I think it exposes uh, quickly how often we look at that and we go, Oh, something's wrong. And we think that that's the end of the sentence. When really, no, something's wrong, and that means God has is going to move you towards more right, and that's a beautiful, gracious, loving thing that He does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, like that—that's the gospel, right? This is just yeah. a, another yeah. opportunity for the gospel. It's another opportunity to be reminded again that the situation around us is worse than we thought it was. That the situation inside of us is worse than we thought it was. But that just means that God's grace and His redemption is greater than we ever knew. Um, and he meets us there in, in love and in, in kindness and with patience, uh, slow to anger. My, my kids were asking, we were, I don't know, walking through the scriptures. I don't even remember where exactly we were, maybe last week. And I was talking about God being slow to anger. And like, what, what does that even mean? Like, like my, it was so interesting, even in their own experiences, like, like they didn't have a category or like, wait, but if I'm going to be angry, like that happens quick. So right. what is that like? What is slow to anger? And it it just, and I totally resonate with that. And it reminded me again, just of this, this, this beauty of the gospel of who God is. And when he meets us, uh, wherever we're at, wherever we're, whatever we're struggling with, with his compassion and his grace. So I want to, I want to also, I kind of want to, cause that that's true on the individual side. I think that's a really important opportunity on like the individual side and like our personal experience. Mm -hmm. There's something really unique in this season as well, kind of on a, a global or social level to consider when it comes to like our relationship with God as well. Um, one of the things I've just been struck with is the fragility of the world, like mm. in a, in a global sense that like, here's this virus, very serious, a significant virus, significant disease. And the world has like come to a standstill. Right. Mm. And um, there's part of me that I think sometimes thinks about the world as like this, immovable object that is not bigger than God, but like, you know, on par, like God's sovereign over things, but I, I have doubts gen- like about his sovereignty over the things of the world because they feel like institutions that are un- immovable and, and unshakable. And yet here we are clearly in a place in the world, in a situation that the institutions of the world that feel immovable have been moved in very powerful and incredibly quick ways. Mm. And it's a reminder to me, I mean, something that I've just been struck with is the fragility of the world and just the desperate need for 
God. The desperate need for a God to be sovereign over all things. Because this world, as much as it pretends to be in control of things and have things figured out, I, I, I know that's a little bit separate from like our individual experience, but just like kind of thinking globally about that has been very, I, I don't know if it's, I wouldn't say it's like necessarily brought me joy, but it's brought me to awe. You, you realize the, the reality, I mean, you, you, affluence and, and power and being in like, you know, the last superpower, you know, in, in America and all these things that have kind of been thrown around over the last, you know, 40, 50 years and and nothing really ever upsetting that it. it I mean, yeah, it, it, something we thought wasn't a big deal brought America to its knees in six days. Like that's and so when you think about that, you realize like you can read the Old Testament, you can read the Bible and you can realize, yeah, like I can relate a little more to things like plagues, to things like God's action over, you know, weather and different things. And just kind of like basically saying, no, I'm the one who brings princes to nothing. I'm the one who, you know, the kingdom shake, you know, nations totter. He hears his voice, the earth melts, which I've been saying over and over again. Mm. Like there's something really it's not that you're taking joy in it as much as you're realizing my relationship with God and our relationship with God is one of far more dependence than we realized at the the bare whisper in a sense of his power. And you just go, Oh, this is actually like real. Yeah. And that's something that I think has, has a helpful element to what it means to, to understand our relationship with God during these times. Well, yeah. And, and, and I think actually maybe really practically what I hear you saying is that one of the opportunities that, being out of our routine provides is the opportunity to not just think about how hard it is to be out of my routine, but since I'm out of my routine to actually just look around, right? To the, the, the perspective that, that not kind of going step by step by step provides God's calling us to, to look around and to see how he is demonstrating his, his power, his glory, uh, his might, his sovereignty, um, in ways that we don't see when we're kind of nose to the grindstone day to day to day. Like I think it, it gives us a, a perspective that, that allows us to, to appreciate him, which then in then informs how we relate to him, right. As his children as well. So <clears throat> with that, and, and maybe before we wrap up, I, I, I do want to get practical and, Maybe just see if you have any thoughts or tips for people um, who are struggling to spend time with God now that they're outside of their routine. Maybe in, in addition to kind of just looking around and 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 seeing and appreciating the the grandeur and glory of and and just the size of being reminded of the size of God. Um, what are some practical tips you would suggest? Actually, maybe uh, let, let's start here. What are some practical tips you would suggest for spending time with God? when you're now in a home surrounded by far more people than normal, right? Like, if it's like if, my if, home. Yeah. If you're having a hard time, <laughs> if you're having a hard time, if you guys don't know this, if getting you knew, alone. Brian has 45 kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's really something. Yep. Uh, it's a full quiver. <laughs> it was just, just waiting to, okay. Now it's full. <laughs> 45. Just barely. 44. Uh, but when, when you're surrounded by people more than normal and you're not able to get that like kind of time away, right? Maybe it's even time away for, you know, a drive or, uh, 
you know, uh, alone time in your room? Like what, what are some tips to just help people relate to God in, in a situation like that? Uh, I remember once you were, you had a buddy who had a kid, first kid, and he told you, this is like years and years and years ago, but he told you that, uh, having like a four month old child who didn't sleep was the thing that taught him that his relationship with God wasn't dependent on his devotional time. Um, and the first thing I think when you have more people around you than normal and your routine is upset is to remember very consciously and very like specifically, not like remember cause you know it, but like call it to mind that your relationship with God is not dependent on you having your routine set. God is with you in the mid- in the midst of all the lack of routines and everything else. And if you don't have that, every other practical tip won't really matter that much because you'll be under a lot of kind of stress and pressure mm. and anxiety, or you'll just kind of pitch the whole thing and go, well, until the routines are back, I guess I just don't won't do anything or I'll do it when I think about it. So first, call that to mind. And then second, I think you're you're looking to do things that can get you if you can get that space, that's great. If you have, you know, five kids and they're all, you know, teenagers or junior hires, that's going to look a little different than when you have five kids who are, you know, nine and under. Um, and so when they're running around, when you're in a small apartment and you get no space, um, if you can get the space, then you should get it. And you should try and do it in ways that maximize it and try and prioritize it for your own mental energy. Because having that many people around you all the time is going to tax you if you're not used to it. It's new. It's different. And you've got to figure it out. And one of the best ways to figure it out and to do it well is to have yourself anchored in God and his word and his relationship with you, like first, if you can pull that off. But if you can't, which oftentimes is the truth, it's just very, very difficult. Um, this is the time where you get index cards or post-it notes and you put verses on the refrigerator and you put them on your, you know, a, a random wall. You, you, you put them above where you change the diapers, you, you know, or if you're in uh, a small apartment with roommates, it's the same thing. Like you, you're trying to sort of integrate uh, meditating on God's word and remembering that he's there with you and speaking to you and caring for you and you yourself pouring out your heart to him. You're trying to kind of cultivate that in the time. I think we said this in the last time in the time in between tasks as you're moving from thing to thing, as you're dealing with child to child or dealing with, you know, whatever else is going on. Um, you're trying to cultivate that by making that time and, and putting the word in front of you such that you can't quite miss it. Yeah, so that's one thing I'd say. Those are good thoughts. Yeah, I'm. I, I, those are. Those are really helpful, just extremely helpful reminders. I, I do. I think there's. I think there's a good argument to be made for temporary routines of some yeah. sort. Yeah. Like as I, uh, again, I, I think Brian, Brian, your point about uh, your relationship with God not depending on your routine is so so powerful because it, it gives so much freedom. Uh, that when when we don't do this perfectly, God is with us and loves us, and His His grace is still there for us. Um, I do think there's something important about creating some kind of temporary schedule of some sort. Um, you know, you get on the four or five, and there's no lines for lanes painted. Um, paint some paint some lanes. Um, yeah. Uh, paint some temporary lanes in your life. Uh, that can look like a few different things. With a can of spray paint with a can of spray paint, whatever it is, um, something to give you some guidelines. Um, you know, we, uh, we've been taking like a, a nightly walk, which has been mm-hmm. nice, uh, helpful just around the block. Um, a prayer walk could be a good thing mm-hmm. if you are able to do that. Uh, I would say, um, I would say also set reasonable expectations so you don't feel like guilty that you don't have, you know, four hours of un 
uninterrupted uh, prayer time in a, a season where you might feel pressure to do so. Yeah. Um, uh, hold on to truths that you know. Um, I'm not sure if this is necessarily a season for like some kind of like deep learning in the same way. That, I mean, it could be yeah. depending on your situation, but uh, hold on to truths that you know. Remind yourself of truths that you know about simple um, meditative truths that you can hold on to. And I would, uh, the other thing I would say is as much as you can try to limit, have some space to limit distractions because the hardest thing is like the distractions. And I know it's like, you know, if you have five kids, it's like, how do you, what, what does that even mean? But find a space, even if it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, to just to uh, have no distractions. Don't pick up your phone. Don't, don't be on a computer. Yeah. Just uh, process and think and pray and meditate and hold on to some simple truths that can carry you through this time. Yeah, I think I think that's so important. And just creating space, especially right now, like creating space where you're like committed to not picking up your phone. I think right now is probably more important than ever because I mean, Laura and I were just laughing just the other night how, you know, like basically all of our like rules and guidelines were like, oh, they're all on hold, right? This is a crisis. <laughs> right. We can like, you know, read our phones in bed when we never, we never did that before. We can, you know, like Nicole called those luxuries yesterday. She said, those are luxuries. <laughs> but, you know, and, and I think so I think creating that. Tip, and and the thing I would add to your temporary um, to the temporary routines is don't be afraid to make really temporary routines like like do them for two days. Right. Like You, you don't have to set up the perfect system right now for the next 12 weeks. Right. Like set up some routines. And try them for a few days, and if some of them are helpful, awesome. And if you, some of them fall away, then in three days, set up some new routine. You know, paint some new lines. Like if, if they wear off quickly, you know, paint some new ones. Just like try again, because I actually think that it's in the trying of these different things that is another huge opportunity we have to to find ways that we can and that we do relate to God that maybe we hadn't even thought of before. And so. Um, I, I wouldn't be discouraged if like your new routines don't work as well as you'd hoped. Uh, I just, I, I would just create and recreate plans and ideas and, and processes and, and, and work them in. And, and I think this applies too, but I, I don't, I don't want to just talk about people that are now surrounded and it's hard for them to spend time. What, what about for those that are finding themselves in their home alone far more than normal? Yeah, I think that might be harder. In some ways, yeah. I mean, it, it, you don't need to, you know, make them compete. But uh, th- this is where I think the temporary routines really, really are important. Um, if you're slammed and you can't make temporary routines because, you know, you're only sleeping six hours a night because some kids are staying up late and others are waking up early or whatever, it can be really hard. To Someone's pay. listening saying, six yeah. hours? You get six <laughs> you get hours? Six. <laughs> but if I, – I think it's the, it's the absence of, like, input. It's the absence of constraints that really make this difficult. Um, and so I, I think in that situation, a couple of things are going to help. One, yeah, you, it, I, I learned – I mean, so when we planted the church, um, I ended up – well, we both ended up working from home a lot. Um, I was single, and, and that made – like, everything was everything. So like work yeah, yeah, yeah. and not work and so like everything just bled into everything else, which seemed great because you're super flexible and you can kind of do it whenever you, whenever is you know, maybe the best. And it did not work out that way at all. Like it, it just not, not having any sense of this is where this goes. This is where this, this time goes. This is where this kind of energy goes was horrible because it meant that you were, you were never not working and you were always working and you were always resting and never not, re- everything just collided everything else. And that's, what's going to happen if you're kind of in your home alone 
or with maybe one other person or just have a bunch more time than you had before because you're kind of working from home, but it's not really as much work maybe as it would have been. There's less meetings. People are figuring out maybe some of the meetings actually were superfluous. Like, and so in that situation, you need to say to yourself, okay, there are certain times which are only going to be for reading my Bible and praying. And that times are going to be like, like I, maybe this time. And I think your point's a good one, Scott, where it doesn't have to be like perfect from the beginning, but it's going to be at nine in the morning. I'm going to take 30 minutes and my phone's going to be in a different room and I'm going to open my Bible and I'm going to read a chapter or whatever, you know, and I'm going to pray. And that's what this time is for. And that's all this time is for. Because otherwise, everything's going to bleed into everything else. And you're reading your Bible and communing with God is going to also be getting news notifications on your phone, which Scott told you to turn off. But, you know, um, there's ways it's always going to bleed into something else. And that's not going to be very helpful. One other thing I would add to that is that there's going to be an intriguing temptation. It's just a fascinating time. And this maybe goes for both situations. But having extra time or bandwidth or sort of just being in a different routine is going to show you a lot about what you think uh, you, what you think in your spiritual life is actually the most important thing. Um, I think there's going to be a temptation for some people, uh, maybe people like us who are kind of you know teachers, pastors, whatever, to do more teaching right now than uh, receiving. We're gonna you know, and so I, I can see people very quickly being like, you know, uh, I'm gonna go on I don't know social media. And I'm going to start, I'm going to write uh, something for other people for this time. I'm going to say something to other people for this time. I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to begin to sort of uh, uh, do a lot of output. Um, and I'm going to do that even though I myself am not getting a lot of input right now. That's one thing that can very easily happen. Um, I'm going to read a lot about uh, kind of like topical christian e news things. That's my input. So I'm going to like go through the Gospel Coalition website or whatever other, you know, Christian websites you get, or uh, I'm going to go on Christian Twitter and I'm going to like receive all these things. And that's going to dominate my input. And that is very, very different than uh, what communion with God typically looks like. And so I think it's really important to understand that like, you're going to be tempted to fill that time with spiritual stuff that isn't actually communing with God, but is something else. And that's going to show us a lot about what we think is most important spiritually. And that's another one of those kind of gut checks, which I think is God saying, hey, you know, you've said with more time, you'd want to commune with me more. But it, it really does seem like you want to do these other things more. And you think those are more spiritually important. And that's him trying to lead us closer to himself and say, you know, why is that? So there's lots of ways that that works. Let me just add one more quick thing before we move on, yeah. which is, I think, uh, if you're alone, this is for both. But if you're if you're typically alone more than normal, um, this is one of the times when you might see a bifurcation, like a, a separation between the deep feelings you feel about what's going on and your relationship with God. And so this is actually a time when you have uh, a little more bandwidth to say, uh, I'm actually maybe more anxious than I expected I would be, or I'm more lonely than I thought I would be, or whatever. Um, this is the time when those things can turn into prayer for you. There's a unique opportunity we all have in this situation where we're going to feel a lot of things and we're going to say, okay, I listened to a podcast and I'm going to go like carve out time to pray and have a temporary routine. And none of those things are going to come up. And that's such a strange thing that for, I think for a decent amount of us, like the things we feel the most deeply, we find ourselves not actually praying about them or connecting them to what we're reading in the Bible or really bringing them to our relationship with God at all. And another verse I always talk about is Psalm 62, you know, pour out your heart before God. He's a refuge for you. And it's interesting that this is a time when there's a great opportunity to realize maybe I haven't 
taken advantage of him as a refuge for a lot of the deepest fears, emotions, thoughts that I've had. And now I actually am seeing that. And that's, I think, a really gracious thing for God, sort of beckoning you deeper into the house and say, come talk to me about what you're feeling, talk to me about what you're thinking, and, and come closer to me in this season. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think that's so good. And, and I think and the only thing I would add in there is I think this is also an opportunity if you're alone, if you're more al- uh, more alone than you normally are and, and are s- struggling with that, th- this is an opportunity for you when you do reach out and when people reach out to you to as you connect with people via text via you know zoom your community group or or a call uh, to reach out to people and and be honest about that Mm -hmm. and and ask for prayer that people can come alongside because prayer is real and prayer is powerful and prayer actually makes a difference and so if there are others around you that that know about that um that can be praying for you and praying for the struggles you have. I think this isn't a time to just struggle on your own. And when somebody calls to see like, Hey, how are you doing? You'd be like, yep, I'm good. You know, ah, you know, I'm just trying to make things work, but I've kind of got some time and you know, I'm uh, work's going, whatever. Like it's a time to be honest with people. And I mean, maybe to your point, I think it's, it's time to be honest with people and it's a time to be honest with God. And as we do that, as we cry out to God in the midst of our prayers, and as we uh, are honest with those around us, I think God's going to use that that that, that honesty uh, to build us up, to strengthen um, our hearts in the midst of us, to make us more like Him, and to uh, you know, glorify Himself through um, through even times like this. And, and I just want to say one thing: yeah, if yeah. you're listening out there and you are saying, yeah, I'd love to have someone to talk to, but I don't know who to talk to. Yeah. Talk to us. Yeah, Come talk to us. Absolutely. We, we would love to help you find the people that you can connect with and talk to. This has been a, a, a concern of ours over the last few weeks of who are the people in the church that maybe aren't as connected and maybe a situation like this kind of makes it feel even worse. And so please don't don't feel like you're alone in that. If you're listening and you're wondering, you don't even know who you would call to ask for prayer for. Yeah. Call us. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. All right. Uh, you can email help at cornerstonewla.org. All of our email addresses are our first names yeah. at cornerstonewla.org. Just, just Brian's with emails. an I, <laughs> not a Y. Correct. Scott with two T's. Scott with two T's. And Matt, <laughs> Matt with two with T's. Three t- two T's. <laughs> No, that's important because I think because um, so someone you're going to hear this a lot of you and you're going to think to yourself, okay, I am, uh, I think I am doing okay though, you know, like this is for people who are like really out in the weeds and they should do the emailing or whatever. Um, it's not, we're not uh, just talking about people who are like falling apart. This though we are a, talking to you. This isn't a crisis hotline, but it's also. Although it like, is that, I, but, I think yeah. it's helpful to recognize that these things are all bound up together. Like your relationship with God and your relationship with people, your honesty with people and your honesty with God are kind of whole systems. Um, and, and so you can't just sort of say, well, uh, in other words, if you talk to people honestly, I think you will find yourself talking to God more honestly. There's a transformative experience. It's one of the reasons why God says confess your sins to one another. You know, like there's a way that that's more than just saying some stuff to another person and going, okay, I guess I did it. There's a way that I, that affects who you are and your posture before God in the world. Like, Talking to other people honestly is going to be a way of actually getting closer in relationship to God, not just to people. And that's why it's the body of Christ. That's why the church, like this, this whole thing is together. And so if you're sitting there going, 
you know, I feel like I need more prayer time, but I don't really need to talk to people. I would say, you know, maybe those are related more than you think. And maybe setting up some temporary routines and Definitely trying to are. like connect yeah. with other people virtually, you know, or over the phone yeah. or whatever, and being maybe more authentic than you're used to being. Maybe it feels forced in the beginning, but that you're really intentionally being honest with people and with God. You might find, you might look back on this time as one of the most transformative spiritual experiences of your life. Yeah. Because you found yourself being far more honest with God and people and seeing those connections than you ever have before. And what a beautiful thing that would be to have this turn out to be something that you look back on as the greatest blessing mm. because you just spent more time with God than you had or were just more intentional with the time that you did spend with God mm. and you were more honest with people than you were in the past and found that having pervasive effects in your life and your heart. Yeah. It, it makes me think of just from your sermon last last week, right? The point, and I think it's, I've, I've heard it, I've heard multiple people repeat it, right? That what we're after in this time is physical distancing, not social distancing. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things we need to just continue to, to, to drive home. You, you should be, you should remain isolated physically. Uh, God's not calling you to do so socially. And in our world, providentially and beautifully he's provided lots of different opportunities for us to still it's and it's not the same i'm not just, i'm not about to say it's the same uh but there are ways for us to, to to reach out to maintain those relationships and we want to be uh if you don't know where else to turn we want to be that opportunity for you it is it's, it's our heart it's what we're praying for um and so please um pick up the phone when we call or uh, feel free to, to to call us so we'll we'll leave it there we're out of time. Um, we will see you one way or another on Sunday. <laughs>